Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Right there. Nick Andre! The Chinese-Mania! Hulkamania is running wild! That's right, Morris. Thank you. And welcome to Cheap Eat, the number one sports and recreation podcast in the world. I'm Peter Rosenberg, and the physically gone stat guy Greg is somehow living the gimmick of being gone again. Today, he has a trial of some sort that was like he basically thought he'd be in court all today and all tomorrow. So there's no SGG. Which is oh my goodness, very very hard to deal with on a week when there's a lot to talk about. Oh my god! And we're going to do something that's really interesting because Greg is the world's biggest WWE apologist and AEW hater. We are going full reversal. The oft talked about on the program, Brian Mann is here. First of all, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, the the verbally teased, the physically available. Brian Mann is here. <laughs> and also, really the opposite. I mean, you are a, mm-hmm. an admitted, just, uh, while, while, while longtime watcher and consumer of WWE product. Uh, yes. You are, you, to say you're critical would be putting it lightly, I think. Um, uh, yes, and former employee as much as they would probably, you and I are, are in the same. <laughs> Please don't put me in the category <laughs> with you. That is so wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, you worked there for three months, eight years ago, right? <laughs> Was it three months? Eight years ago? Uh, yeah, I did. The, I did the trial period, and it's like this ain't working out. And then you went on thirty six podcasts afterwards to to discuss on, every you're, bit you're of the three months. You're selling it short. You're <laughs> selling it a bit short. So uh, no, but you you have worked in wrestling. You didn't just yes. work there. I worked at MLW. Um, I know a lot about wrestling. A huge fan. Big Southern wrestling fan. That's what you grew up on. Well, you I'm, are I'm, from the South. I am from the South. I, I I'm from Atlanta, so obviously I was in that that hotbed. Um, I I gave WWE a chance, but I, I think at what point did you give them a chance? I mean, I gave them a chance when the when the buyout happened. You know, uh, I I sort of 
glommed on a little bit. I gave it a shot. The, well, they the, didn't, you, they, you didn't give them a chance. They stole everything. Everything. Away. It was the only thing you had available. no choice. In the 2002 Royal Rumble was in Atlanta, so like I was kind of there, and I think it also kind of synced up with me starting high school and wrestling just suddenly wasn't that popular uh, anymore. The popularity was going down. So for me, when I think about uh, AEW and I just sort of my whole view of wrestling is I do buy into that idea that there are millions of wrestling fans out there who just stopped watching. There was 12 million people watching wrestling Listen on a be, weekly basis. By the way, he, 10, uh, of them, 10 million of them disappeared. That is a the first of many. <laughs> Brian Mann takes on wrestling that he feels very strongly about. Mm-hmm. It's one that I enjoy, though. Yeah. Where where did the people go? Because there were 10 to 12 million people right. watching, and now the number you're seeing every week, if you add up all the shows mm-hmm. that are being, what, five, six million? Yeah. If, I mean, if you add everything up, and the thing to keep in mind is that a lot of those are repeat. It's kind of like when WWE says, we have over a billion followers on social media. And it's like, yeah, because like, a 50-year-old dude who has five Twitter followers follows every one of your roster members, and that counts as, like, a 100 follows. So it's like, that isn't a billion people. So when you say, like, we get, when WB says we get X number of viewers a week, it's like, well, a lot of those are repeats. You know, the same 2 million people that watch Raw are also watching SmackDown. That isn't 2 million unique people that aren't crossing over. And now the same 2 million that aren't watching Raw are also not watching SmackDown. Exactly. Which we'll get to in a little bit. So Brian will present a different side of things. We will break down. I guess I am a little I, – I feel bad that Greg isn't here because I know that he is a man of the law. And it does feel a little unfair to be in uh, judges' chambers mm-hmm. without both sides present. So I do feel kind of bad about well, that. Well, no. It's really – I'm the one who's losing because I would get to kind of referee between you both. Right. You know, like – And, of course, everyone loves to be the referee. <laughs> and I – well, I, I've always fantasized about a great storyline for a referee. Okay. I believe that in the post, you know, Hebner, mm-hmm. Danny Davis years, there have not been a, enough – Story. I mean, and, and little Nate. He had a little run yeah, also. A, well, the thing is, WWE, and this was the thing when I was there, they specifically didn't want any of their wrestlers to have, uh, any of their referees to have personalities. They don't want them to have names. They don't want them to take away from the storyline. So that's been a very conscious choice on their behalf. It's like, you might know, like, Michael Cohn's name, but, like, that's love Michael Cohn. Great guy. I, he was fine when I was there. He's a wonderful man. Um, however, um, I, I would, I would like playing the middleman between you guys. Mm-hmm. I think, I really do think Greg can go. He's been getting less anti AEW. Mm-hmm. You are as anti WWE as I've ever seen you. You're it's a raging inferno at this. No, point. I mean you, I, oh, every text you send me is a negative thing in your eyes that's happened. I it's said like a some link, very positive things about a, NXT. Yes, no, no. You sent one positive this week that the numbers were up for backstage. I did. I did. <laughs> hey, they doubled. That's great. That's well, great. I for mean, them. They, uh, they, they, you have to, I guess, believe the truth is somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. And here's were the, they really at 50,000? That was such a bad number. And were they really at 100? They'll probably settle around yeah. this number. Well, I've heard from uh, from someone on, on Twitter just mentioned that apparently that actually is a good number for FS1 for that time. Well, that, that is a really important thing to remember. Yeah. FS1 does not do numbers. Mm-hmm. People can't find FS1. The biggest thing about WWE going there mm-hmm. and why it's such a win is that it forces people to have to remember what channel it is now. And I'm not saying that as an ESPN guy trying to really, you know, uh, be uncool. Mm-hmm. I'm just being honest. Right. I have, I over the years have had so, have had many reasons to watch FS1, mm-hmm. whether it was like soccer coverage in the World Cup or whatever specific sporting event I wanted to see right. on FS1. I went there and then somehow, 
A few months later, I need to go back to FS1. I'm like, wait, what channel is that again? It's just not built into your brain. Right. Um, so, you know, they are a pl- Fox Sports is a place where the brand truly lives on the big Fox. Mm-hmm. We all know our Channel 5 or wherever your right. Fox local affiliate is. So, And it, I think they're hoping that maybe this can be – because they are still – like you said, it's a channel that's still growing and still building. Um, and so in that way, like it is kind of – unfair to sort of say like well what would an espn show be doing in that same time slot so i'll, I'll give them fair. i'll give them you know that well due. let's let's start there by the way so we'll start with backstage yes the and a show the a show and and the announcement at the end of the episode the shock to everyone there apparently except renee young that cm punk mm-hmm. was joining backstage and now let me ask you when do you think this was decided because i wouldn't be Maybe I'm just reading a little too much into this you? Uh, or speculating. Um, do you think maybe they passed on him initially and then they saw what that initial number was and they're like, well, this isn't going to work. Let's get that punk guy in here. Because um, it, it seems to me like if he was supposed to be there from the beginning, you would have wanted him on the premiere. Uh, that's a very good point. Um, why would you premiere without him and then add him? Right. We all we all heard we all heard that he was there. Mm-hmm. Like everyone knew that he went in for a, an, an audition, audition and he, he confirmed it. Yeah. Yeah. So we all knew that part. But then we find out that CM Punk is joining backstage. And I just want to say congratulations to Fox Sports because it is a coup for them. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know what they paid. I'm sure a lot. But it is a coup for them to have CM Punk. Right. It will, without a doubt, help the numbers of backstage. Mm-hmm. So props to FS1 for handling their business and Fox doing what they need to do as a wrestling fan. I do not believe that this benefits anybody else except Fox Sports. I believe it's a bad look for WWE. I believe it's a bad look for CM Punk. And I believe it's a bad look for the fans. The softening of an eventual CM Punk return, which is going to happen. I mean, I'm sorry. I was arguing with Zach Linder this week uh, in a group chat. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I just don't see it happening. I love you, Zach. You're very knowledgeable about wrestling. Have you ever watched it before? He's coming back. Of course he's coming back. Bret Hart came back. You really think that CM Punk isn't coming back? So now we know. We saw the softening of his stance over the Mm -hmm. last couple of months. Oh, it would take a really big bag. Well, never say never. It's all been going that way. Right. So to me, for this first moment when we finally see him again, to be in a quiet Fox Sports studio where he just walks on stage on FS1, it's like... It's really cool for backstage, but as far as the one-day moment I thought we'd get, which could have been one of the greatest moments in wrestling history, yeah, it's dampened. It's permanently dampened. We will never get that moment, that the the, the hitting of cult of personality will never be the same thing mm-hmm. that it could have been. And it will be great for backstage numbers, at least for a little while, though the word is, and we'll get into this, I, this isn't, he's not a weekly fixture. No. He's going to be there semi-regularly. Mm-hmm. For a semi-regular guest spot, that could be filled with jabronis like Peter Rosenberg. You're wasting that on the the biggest non-WWE talent mm-hmm. currently available in the world. To me, that is an L, and I don't quite understand it. What say you, Brian, man? Um, I, 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 honestly, I think this is kind of the only way it could 
have gone uh, personally because I think for him, he probably doesn't want to jump back in bed with WWE. I think he wants to dip his toe in the water, see, okay, what is what is the landscape like? It's a while since I left. Um, I also don't think he's a hypocrite for coming back. I mean, right now he is sort of like the MVP of the wrestling scene in terms of like he's one of the most valuable pieces still out in play. And if him and AJ want to start a family in a couple of years, this is the time to take as much money that's on the table as possible. I'd actually say it's irresponsible for his uh, – you know, just for his longevity to not take the money while he's kind of in this this point in his career. This is kind of the last time he can do this. It's not always going to be there. You can't guarantee in five years that the money will be there, that his health will be there. Now, you say that like and now, the interest will remain forever. Exactly. And you say that we we won't get that moment of the music hitting and he comes out. We won't get that. But I think we could actually get something even cooler. I mean, I threw that, this out to you. I love fantasy booking. How great would it be if one of these weeks... One we, of the, by the way, everyone brace yourself. <laughs> it is story time. I'm, we are going to go into fantasy. Life. I am going to do the, the quick version of it here. One of these weeks, one of the topics is CM Punk, you're back. Who in the WWE ring would you like to face? And he's like, ah, I'm retired. I'm really not... That's not what I'm looking to do. Didn't end great with the company. Not looking to get back in the ring. They push him. They push him. They push him. Finally, he snaps his say, you want to know who I want to face? I want to face Kenny Omega. I want to face Cody. I want to face John Moxley. Because I think all the top guys here suck now and don't know what they're doing. And then storms off the, sh- the set. And you have this thing where it's like, whoa, did he really actually go there and say it? He can cut a promo on every single top guy, set up five to six different feuds. And then he shows up. At Survivor Series, which is in a couple weeks, and is in Chicago, and I have to think that WWE, I will say they mess stuff up all the time, so it is possible that they just didn't think this through, but to bring him back on a WWE programming so close to a major show in Chicago, that that can't be just a coincidence. Or it could be. Okay. Sorry, I'm finishing my, how about this antipasta. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, you, you ate it very quietly. Right? Mm-hmm. I think I did a good job. So here's the thing. Your first fantasy booking idea yes. is obviously not going to happen. Probably he, not. He is not going to call out AEW on WWE television. Why not? If this, their... this show is supposed to be legit. and if it's you think not. about, But if you think about the stuff that he did in his first pipe bomb, this is the closest thing to a pipe bomb you could do now is to mention AEW. Which, by the way, him mentioning <laughs> AEW stars on backstage <laughs> – that isn't a huge coup. It isn't like the people Wait, so who are watching saying, don't know who these people are. They know who these people are. But you're not saying – are you saying it leads to matches at AEW? No, I'm saying it leads to matches with the top guys in WWE. Ah. He cut – no, that's the thing. Like he says Got he it. wants so, to face those guys he and runs down the current class of WWE superstars. And then he comes back, has matches with Seth, has matches with Roman. And not just that, but you have – punk as the the perfect heel because he's now come back and did the thing that he hated before he is the part-timer who has come back for the big money yep. to squash all the top guys and take their spot now i i never think it would happen I, I don't think at this point at this very moment it would not happen as far as mentioning aw mm-hmm. i thought originally when you were texting with me about it you meant and then he leaves and goes to aw no, no, and no i was no, like no. well that wouldn't make a lot of sense that would make no the sense. show's pre-recorded but so. i'm saying like you do a thing where like they then shoot like they shoot fire him they you know put out a release like hey didn't work out uh you know <laughs> What can you say? Like Because something like that could be so awkward you would believe that. Anyways, that would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to happen. Not um, going to happen. But So hey. beyond that, I am – and even still, mm-hmm. nothing would be cooler to me yeah. than if we had not heard anything at all. And finally, you know, this weekend, yeah. there had been no mention of Punk, right? Let's say Punk hadn't been in the news at all, which mm-hmm. he hasn't been uh, since his last thing that he did for Conrad at the, a meet and greet. Right. If – no one had been talking about him at all this weekend. Yeah. 
And we didn't find out who the final member was on one of the Survivor Series teams. And in a mm-hmm. few weeks at Survivor, two weeks at Survivor Series in Chicago, yeah. he comes out there. Nothing that could happen now will be as cool as that. Yeah, but I, I think we as wrestling fans put too much importance on the shock and the surprise. Like I think it's because well, it's what we enjoy. Yeah, but that's I, literally what we wait for. But there's every show that's what we're waiting. <laughs> but for. But there's other emotions in wrestling that you can also enjoy. But in this case, like believability. I think this is the most believable way to reintroduce him and allow him to do something similar to a pipe bomb and to sort of get back to the the allure that he used to have, rather than him just showing up and being one of fifteen guys in these three way Survivor Series matches, which we should talk about as well. well. No, no, we, no, no, we will because that that's a good point. In this case, it would actually make it a little weird because there's so many guys. In and that he match. would seem like an afterthought. Right. Like you don't want him. No, coming you, you in. would you would want him to come in at the end of the match. He, anything, could, he couldn't come in b- before. And then and be in a match with 15 people. I would love for him to shoot this angle that they're not going to shoot that I made up in my own head on backstage. And then he shows up at the end of Survivor Series and says, I'm bigger than every brand. But it, we have to be real, realistic. They use CM Punk mm-hmm. to get what they're getting now, which is us leading off the podcast, talking about it instead of talking about AW. Right. And by the way, if one person hits me up and goes, this has nothing to do with WWE. It's just Fox. Uh, guys. Real quick, I hate to be this guy. In the words of Kanye, I've been doing this longer than you. It has everything to do with WWE. Yes, Fox is making big decisions and production decisions. Every single thing that happens Mm -hmm. is running through the filter of Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon. Fact. Yes. So if you think... And the fact that WWE.com wrote it up, this isn't like... If you think this is just happening, they're like, oh, I don't know if we really want CM Punk back. And they're like, no, no, please. No, everyone's on board. This is what's happening. So... To me, this – it will dominate the conversation for a few days. Um, it will pop a rating next week. Um, it may pop a rating every time they use him. Mm-hmm. But over time, CM Punk simply talking about wrestling is just not going to be that exciting. I mean I, I don't know. I think – again, I think this is both sides testing the water to see if they can do business together. I don't see – No, no. Maybe it is. Yeah. And I but think like that, that could have been – that doesn't have to be done through this. It just doesn't. I think that – I mean, I can see why they're doing it this way, and I think by saying he's a part-time contributor, honestly, what could have been is him and Fox maybe signed a contract for four dates. I will do four of these shows, we'll see how it goes, and we'll reassess the situation after that. That could just be what it is. Um, perhaps. I, there's just no version you can sell, on me, sell, sell to me of the biggest potential comeback of all time mm-hmm. happened, and it happened in this quiet studio. Like that, that when everyone was like, I, I saw CM Punk trending. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, what happened? And then clicked on it and yeah. saw that his appearance was him walking into a TV studio. Now, don't get me wrong. I think the I way – I did not. The way they did it, I was not a huge fan of. I think there's a way they could have done that and made it feel a little bit more special. I don't know if there's some sort of like kickoff. I mean, they, did, they did it wrestling style but in studio. In studio with like five people clapping. It, it sounded like he was walking out on like the Joel McHale show or something yeah, like it's, that. Exactly right. It was it was Versus the been talk like, soup. Let's say they had done like a media scrum. Let's say they had done sort of like done sort of like press conference thing and brought him out there. Like and, and so you actually have like a group of people who are applauding and surprised. I agree that the way they brought him out was not the best, almost to the point that I think it would actually have been better if they had just said, "Hey, CM Punk has been signed and he's going to be here next week," or that. I would have preferred that to the like guy walks out, we hear his music, and Paige is like, "Oh my god, is this is this a rib?" You know, I, that's that just wasn't like it for me. That didn't do it for you. No. Now, or how about this? Um, in a couple of weeks, the the week of Survivor Series, mm-hmm. that Tuesday night when they're doing the show, it's Tuesday, right? Yes. It airs Tuesday. And the, and the, they're like, we have a correspondent in Chicago, and you literally see in his house mm-hmm. CM Punk like, hey, everyone, that would be cool. Yeah. 
this way of being like, we're going to treat it like a wrestling intro on a small closed Mm -hmm. set. Well, I think they probably aired for secrecy over everything else. I think the producers of the show knew. I think Renee knew. They probably didn't bring punk into the building until after everyone was actually on set. No, listen, they're going to argue. I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. They popped a rating, right? And they'll pop a rating next week. So I'm wrong. But they didn't pop a rating for Punk because no one knew Punk was there. Exactly right. So this – you're right. I mean, although it seems odd, right? It seems odd that the number was doubled and the only reason would have been – No, I think it's all Ryan Satin. (laughs) People heard the news that Ryan Satin was He has a huge family. He has a family of 50,000 people. Was he on the show yet? Uh, He was on the first episode, yes. He was on this episode? He was on last week's and this week, yeah. Oh, and how, how was the Ryan Satin experiment? Uh, What'd they do with him? He was on on set with them. He's like their inside guy. Like he's the guy who like reports news. Got it. And how hard to get news? Like Johnny Gargano was hurt. (laughs) You know, like how did he get that scoop? Um, Well, yeah, that was the interesting part, right? Listen, I can't knock it because obviously I've said on this podcast before that everything I did with the podcast was a means to an end, Mm -hmm. and the end was getting getting to work inside of it. And so, in my mind, the first thing I want to do is call him out. Is like, wait, I thought you were a wrestling journalist. The whole setup was so you could be a pretend wrestling journalist. (laughs) But I'm like, I did the same thing, so I understand. Um, Anyways, we'll move on from it. I just, in my opinion, and we have I have people in the mailbag who I know agree, and you you can write if you agree or disagree. I'm just sending an email right now. No, no, please feel free. (laughs) Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Mail. To me, it's just a classic example of like. Let's make a short-term decision that long-term is costly. Um, nothing pops me more than a huge surprise. Mm-hmm. Like it's my—I'll just be honest. It's my number one thing. Like to the point that it's almost sad to me that the best surprise we've had in five years was the Hardy return at WrestleMania, which really wasn't that. Everyone kind of knew that was coming. It's yeah. not that huge a surprise, mm-hmm. and that still was my favorite surprise in the last five right. years, probably. So to me, I'm just like, man, the Punk return—it was just on backstage. All right, I got, I, I got you. So, uh, listen, I'm curious to everyone else. I still take think on there it. will be a big pop when he does finally show up in a ring. When First, he does something physical. No, no. By the way, you're right. I'm not trying to say that that will mean nothing because mm-hmm. that's definitely not true. He could appear on this show five times, and if he then comes back to WWE TV in a real way, yeah, it will still be bigger than this. Mm-hmm. It just softens the blow of something that's really cool. Right. Because the the reason the surprise is ruined was everyone's like they'll never even work together again. Yeah. Now we know. They are willing to work together. Right. And while his contract is with Fox, like I've said, this is all approved by WWE. Exactly. So it just changes things. Um, now, Sakai Greg, by the way, classic SGG moment. He, Greg wants, I mean, to tell everyone he's still taking a few con- contest entries, um, with, and, and send us your hot takes with the subject line AEW versus NXT. And he's still doing his contest for the comic book giveaway. I love that he just wrote me, good news and bad news. Good news is I settled my case in an hour, so I'm free. Bad news is I haven't, I've only watched NXT. Wait, no, no. No, no, bad news is I've watched no wrestling. Well. No, no Raw, no NXT, no full gear, nothing. I was like, the real bad news is I'm doing the show right now, so it's not going to happen. Does he know I'm in the chair? Cause he might, he might grab an Uber right now. <laughs> and just be like, this, this has to change. Um, you're talking about full gear without me? So let's, let's talk about uh full gear. Okay. Shall we? Um overall your takeaway, your opinion. I mean I thought it was a, a really great show. I th- I think that uh my biggest criticism for the for the show, I think they probably had one of their um quieter crowds. Yes. Um and everyone said that very early and, and people were right. And and I would put that on honestly I think they uh I don't think they laid the card out properly. I think the 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 Bucks and Proud and Powerful had a really really well worked match but i think a 20 minute long tag match 
um, maybe was not the thing to start with. I think if they'd started with the Riho match or if they started with the three-way tag title match, I think that probably would have gotten the crowd Are we going with Proud and Powerful permanently? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, that's— We're not going Santana and Ortiz? I think they, they do both. They do both. That's just—it's part of their Twitter name, which is why they, they go with that. Okay. But it's—I uh, look at it— The song's it, awesome. Was that? Oh, they—they they got a great in, like that's the thing. Love like the some song. of the entrance themes awesome work, and some are a pug. Some are terrible. Um, Same with the ring gear. Yeah, it, it kind of almost just comes down to how much money does this individual person have to spend on themselves. <laughs> that's exactly. I hate right. to say it, but no, no, that's, that's really how what it comes feels. down to. That, yeah. Like Cody's suits are really nice. Yes, MJF looks good. Mm-hmm. It, it just Jericho, depends. You know, uh, for some reason, but part of the he's gimmick, spending a little bit too much money on the bubbly. I think part of the gimmick is that he kind of looks like that. <laughs> I agree. I think everything kind of gross about Jericho right now. Is I'd like to purpose. believe it's part like of the gimmick. He's doing the later Sammy Hagar kind of stuff. Yes, like, I mean, yes, that is also his real life personality. But correct. I think it works very well with the character. Mm-hmm. All right, so. You were talking about the start of the show, which is why you brought up. I just think I think that the I don't think they laid the the car. I think they they could have started hotter. I think if they'd started with that Reho match, for example, I think it would have got the crowd up. And I think that honestly, I think one of the things that AEW is now having to kind of fight is that I think people come to their shows now with such high expectations Mm -hmm. that if you don't kind of come out of the gate really strong, I think that people kind of sit around. They're like, wait, when is the when's the big fun crazy stuff gonna happen so if they'd start with the three-way tag match or if they'd start with Riho, i think it would have been in a much better situation maybe put that tag match closer to the middle of the show because the bucks got a huge ovation when they came out and the stuff with the rock and roll express got a huge ovation that was so great. they were there to react to stuff i just don't think that was the right thing to put in front of them at that moment um i think that's a good call for why the the, the start of the show was a little iffy um <clears throat> i also thought the women's match on the kickoff show was not good yeah um it just looked – they have moment. They have some really amazing women in the division. Yes. And then they have a few matches. There's like a match here or there, right. like I believe the one in the kickoff show was, that remi- that feels like a WWE women's match from five years ago. Right. It's slow. It just doesn't look mm-hmm. completely up to stuff right. at, at this moment. Well, so much of like the best female talent in the world is currently – signed it's just signed most of it is signed to wwe but you have like tessa blanchard's all locked up with impact you got a few people over in roh so i think when you just kind of look at the realistic you know how how many great top tier women were available when they started this thing it's not it the, the, the talent pool just is not as deep it's one of the reasons i really and i know it may have not been maybe they would have viewed it as not worth the money mm-hmm. but it's one of the reasons on this show i said many times that when Sasha Banks was in not in the best situation with WWE. I would have yeah. really done everything I could to get her. Yes. I don't know if it was possible. I don't really know Probably exactly. What, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that her deal actually ever expired. So mm-hmm. I don't think the opportunity was truly there for them. But I do think pulling in a huge woman from WWE. Right. You know, because when you think about it, Moxley is the only real current WWE person who left for AEW. Correct. They are not built all on WWE personalities. Mm-hmm. So to have pulled one major woman from WWE, of which currently they have zero? In terms of people who have come over? Yeah. No, I mean, really the closest thing you could say would be like Brandy, but she was an announcer there. Right. So it's like, I, I don't think they really have anyone that fits that. Now, it will be interesting over the next, uh, you know, I was just talking with a friend about like, okay, what, like where is Jericho in a year? Where, where are a lot of these people in a year? Who's getting pushed in a year? And also looking at, well, whose contracts are coming up in that time? And there are a lot of extremely talented women um, in WD right now who really aren't being utilized. You just you just said WWE in the Vince McMahon way. WWE. The one thing I've never understood is you just know Vince is so picky about everything. Yet he will not say the name of his company right, right. is the craziest thing. Well, yeah. he's. It's weird what he's picky about and what he's not picky about. WWE. But that's – 
That's a two-hour conversation about yeah, what no, no. Vince isn't picky about. And that's – I don't want to get you started with that because we'll never <laughs> get anywhere. The main part of the show, mm-hmm. which of course um, was Kenny Omega and uh, John Moxley yeah. and Chris Jericho and Cody Rhodes. Those two main matches. Though I do want to just – a quick shout-out. Go ahead. Uh, Paige and Pac have such great chemistry together, and I think Pac – You know what? You're well said. They, they really did have two great matches this week. Um, And they just like – the way they kind of were able to play off each other, the big man, little man thing, I think that uh, Pac is such an amazing, complete performer, and it's so wild to think where he was in WWE. Uh, that, that's one of the biggest things, just being able to see these guys sort of like get themselves over and really be true to themselves and true to what their character is. No, he he really has – there's a lot of uh, Moxley in terms of how I feel about him being like I both Moxley and Pac I look at as like different people now. Right. And it's like, wow, I never realized that Neville was kind of – now, he is a little bigger now, but he's still a big – He was always He was pretty, always ripped. But they had him clean-shaven. They had him with the with the uh, the cape he would come out I in. I mean, and then you look and, – and you The man gravity forgot, like the, that whole The thing. worst – the man gravity forgot was mm-hmm. the dumbest thing – one of the dumbest things ever uttered yeah. in wrestling, which and, said something. And Adam Page is roughly the same size as like Roman Reigns. Hammond Page. <laughs> well, he's roughly the same size as like – Roman Reigns probably. Could you imagine WWE ever uh, booking Roman and Pac or Neville in a match that went that long, that competitively on pay-per-view? No, you can't. You can't. No, no, you can't even picture having – you can't picture Neville having any sort of moment right. that means anything like what it meant the other day. And I, and mm-hmm. it was and it was believable. I, I think of him as a top guy right now. Yeah. You know, like the, there is the, the tiers of the tiers of guys at AEW is smaller, right? Mm-hmm. Like the top tier is just a couple guys. Right. And the next tier is just a few guys, right? Everything's smaller. Right. But there are legitimate stars there. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's amazing that two of them were people at WWE who, right. frankly, even though Moxley was near the top for his whole run in mm-hmm. WWE. And he was I, WWE champion. That just it never worked. I just never saw it. I wasn't able to see it, and now right. I'm able to see it. And so, to me, that's also very, very telling. Um, but yes, I'm glad you mentioned that because the match with Hangman Page, Hangman Page, Hangman Page and and uh, and Pack was thrilling. Um, really dug it. Um, I thought that Jericho. So we got to talk about Jericho mm-hmm. and Cody. Um, really nice match. Right. Generally speaking, just mm-hmm. uh, felt the moment felt real. Um, they have chemistry. Um, I was into the match in general. Um, mm-hmm. I I liked bringing back the feeling of Bret Hart, Bob Backlund, Owen Hart, yeah. towel throwing situation. I'm the here. mom at ringside. I'm all here. of it. Yeah, I'm here for it. MJF being Owen Hart. I'm I'm here for it. Yes. Um, I I will say at this point, what I'm sure is a really obvious point was I did not think that the thing to do was to have him kick Cody in the nuts immediately afterwards. Um, yeah. I wanted to see it play out over time. Mm-hmm. Now, you can make the argument, well, the reason you wanted it to play out that way is exactly why we didn't do that, because right. it was very obvious what that would have been. We know what right. that path would have looked like. It would have been apologizing, apologizing, mm-hmm. and then eventually turning. Right. But that being said, I still wanted to tease it out more because MJF is so obvious as a heel. Mm-hmm. That I wanted you to do that thing 
it's like what they did with MVP and Matt Hardy. Right. You knew MVP was turning on Matt Hardy. It was obviously going to happen. But the reason I always look back, and I think the reason everyone looks back on that story who watched it so fondly yes. relative to other things that were happening in a pretty rough time in WWE is they let it take its time. And they let you think they had for that a that pizza eating contest. <laughs> yeah, they did the uh, basketball shooting contest. But they let you believe for a second. Yeah. Am I actually wrong? Mm-hmm. Wait, is he not? For a second. Right. Because if, if, if next week and, and the week after that, situations happen in which MJF valiantly defends Cody, you will naturally be like, well, wait a second. Yeah. Maybe not. Right. And it makes, again, makes the turn so much more impactful. I didn't love doing it right, right after. It just seemed nonsensical. I think the two things that people are split about this match are um, – the the uh, MJF turn when it happened, how it was done, and also the stipulation of Cody never challenging for the title again. And I would defend both. I, I the thing the reason why I think it's it's okay to have MJF do it right away is that I think it protects Cody in a way. It doesn't make Cody look like an idiot who trusts this guy for weeks on end and it gets stabbed in the back. I like that. That's it, a good it's point. that he you you never get the opportunity um, to make Cody look bad like that. This isn't a Sting Ric Flair thing where. Ric Flair says, you can trust me, you can trust me, you can trust me. And the minute he gets tagged in, he attacks Sting, which makes Sting look like an idiot. You don't have that. If anything, it is, this guy stabbed me in the back. I And, and so there was never like a moment where like they didn't hug and then MJ. Like, no, we no, don't, in fact, Cody we don't did, know what Cody was going to do. Cody looked angry yeah. and disappointed. And he, that could be why MJF, like, who knows? Like, maybe we'll get it down the line. But like, maybe that's why MJF did what he did was because he could tell Cody was not going to forgive him, that Cody didn't trust him anymore. He's like, well, then now's the time to do it. That's a, that's good. Um, I, I don't mind that logic, actually. Um, I would have said if you're going to do it that way, I might have mm-hmm. had Cody, Cody get even a little bit more obviously mad. Yeah. Like where right away you can see him almost yelling at him. Yeah. I, st- I think Cody would still be sympathetic because mm-hmm. everyone understands why he'd be yelling. Like, right. what are you doing? What are you doing? And have him turn right then instead yeah. of sort of the silent treatment and then the kick in the nuts. It just yeah. didn't – it was – listen, did, was, did I go, oh, my God, I can't believe they botched that? No. Mm-hmm. All I thought at the moment was – and I'm curious what you guys thought. All I thought at the moment was did they rush that just a little bit because they really want to get to this – Heal MJF. Well, I think you have to do a lot of work to make MJF a babyface. A lot. Almost of work. to the point that if your ultimate goal is to turn him heel, what's the point? Like, let's just get there now. Yeah, how long are we going to deal with this? Exactly. Now, how did you feel about the stipulation? Um, stupid. You think it's stupid? Yes. Um, but particularly, that was particularly affected by the fact that, um, I didn't realize because I'm a couple episodes mm-hmm. behind that on NWA Power, they have the exact same stipulation at this exact moment. Right. So that probably soured me a little bit. But, like, the idea that Cody Rhodes is never going to challenge for the AEW championship again is ludicrous. Well, let me ask you this. Does Cody ever need to have that title? Ever? Does he? Yes. Does he, though? Yes. Only if you care about entertainment. If you care about entertainment, yes. But but you're saying he can't be a top— No, he can. But if you want the ultimate entertainment, one day— a few years down the road, not now. Now, here's the thing. I do think we'll get that, and I think we'll get there in one of two ways. Either Cody is a heel and he goes against his word, which is heat, or you put him in a situation where 
Um, I mean, Dusty used to do this with WCW. You could do a thing where, like, maybe you do an online petition. Maybe it's a hashtag. You, you create a thing where it's the fans want him to do it. Like, let's say it's a year and a half, two years down the line. MJF now has the title, and that is the bridge too far. Cody cannot stand to see his blood rival with that title. But he also made a promise to the fans. So the fans have to come out and say, Cody, we've got your back. We will not hold it against you if you challenge for this title. No, no, what you're saying is true. I don't disagree. He's going to win the title one day. One day. I, yeah, I don't, but I don't. It, but it will be a story. This isn't going to be WWE where, like, in six no, months, that's, that's he'll be hope. like, no, no, oh, this well. Is, no, this is you being a classic WWE hater and AEW defender. They could absolutely throw it out well, the I window and when, make it stupid. I just remember when Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens had their last match ever of all time on a pay-per-view because they're going to be put on different brands, and then they got put on the same brand and they had a match a week later. Right, no, no. Yeah, They're sure. not going to do that. Not not in the immediate, no. I, I would think they're, they're paying more attention to And there's no detail. reason to. I mean, uh, but, but, Jericho but, has enough opponents for the next year. So here's why I think it's stupid not because they can't do it it just didn't do anything it didn't make me want to watch it more all you know what it, it, it but but it makes that betrayal from mjf mean even more because not only am i taking away this match i took away the last... i took away the fact that you could ever hold that title because of the word you gave to uh, to your fans i used your 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 pride and your, humi- and your humility against you it, it what you're saying is good in theory and i think that's probably what their logic was me as dumb fan who watched it <laughs> that didn't affect my thoughts okay i was just like Oh, Cody can't ever be champion if he loses. Oh, he lost. I, I, I wasn't like, oh my god, the betrayal. I mean, I don't know why I become Vince McMahon right. watching AEW. But, but, but I think again, this is a new promotion. I think we're learning their rules, and I think the more that we go down the line, and the more that we see, well, these guys do actually hold true to their stipulations. When they announce a thing like that, I think it will start to have an emotional reaction from the. That's audience. true. Well, let's see. But the, the only difference between me and you is you're believing that they are already sticking to that. I need. To Show me. Let me put it to you this way. This company has been around for six months. They have not done a single DQ finish. I think that's pretty remarkable. And I think it speaks something to, like, the fact that they are wanting the audience to buy into their product. And when they say, if you watch our match, we're going to give you something. What we advertise, we will hold there true to There has not it. been a DQ finish. There has not been a DQ finish. Hmm. Well, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. The closest they've come to, uh, they had the two draws. When you talk like this, you remind me of the greatest journalist <laughs> in the history of wrestling. Do you know who that is? Uh... You're going to click a button. Dan Maloney. Dan Maloney. <laughs> the man who interviewed Iron Sheik all those years ago and changed pop culture as we know it. I just – I've waited way too long to have this in the system. The the first wrestling drops I ever played in radio yeah. were – well, among them. Mm-hmm. I had like a basic macho man, you know. It was, it was Cream just, of the crop? No, just like an ooh yeah and a Hogan, you know, whatever, regular stuff yeah. that I was playing. But in that first batch that I put in my instant replay back in – 2005 when I was on the radio in DC also in it were Iron Sheik you know make him humble mm-hmm. but now I, I, I'm, I now I prefer more the nuance excellent excellent question <laughs> and my, are you only playing that after your own questions during interviews <laughs> you know I have a question <laughs> blah, blah 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 excellent excellent question thank you Sheiky you mean during interviews that's a tremendous way to go yeah no I'm just I realize also I end up shouting out so many other podcast hosts yeah. I end up you know I, I I think I show probably a lot more love to anyone than anyone shows me, mm-hmm. which is sad. I did appreciate a couple uh, weeks ago you plugged uh, the podcast that I did a year ago. <laughs> it isn't around anymore, but I appreciate it. People can it. go find it. It's still out there. It's still yeah, out podcasts there. never die. Yeah. Keeping it 2000. Keep it 2000. Yeah. Keep it 2000. They can mm-hmm. find that. It's still out there. So instead of me spending all my time mentioning you know, Sam or Conrad or Busted Open or all these other shows that don't mention me, mm-hmm. I'm going to just mention the greatest wrestling journalist of all time. Mr. Dan Maloney. Dan Maloney. Where's his podcast? He, he doesn't have one? I would like to believe. And then my question also is, was Dan Maloney totally working during that interview with Iron Sheik? Or was Mr. Dan Maloney 
really taking that interview seriously. Is Dan Maloney still with us? <sighs> Mr. Dan Maloney. You know what? Excellent, is this all? Excellent question. There we go. <laughs> this can all be in bad taste. <laughs> oh, please don't be dead, Dan Maloney. I, I don't think so. I really hope he's alive and well. He wasn't, he wasn't old. Mm-mm. You think he's met with foul play? Now, I'm not saying that's like foul play, but you know, all sorts of, you, you never know. <sighs> Maybe let's just play a Batista drop and wash things out. Keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so let's read, let's read a few, uh, of the emails. Mm-hmm. I bet you're wondering, well, Rosenberg, what are you going to say about SmackDown? To which I would say, wait, SmackDown's still going? Yeah, that's uh, that's still a thing. People apparently people are tuning into it. I don't know. Well, the number was uh, the number's been up a bit. It's been up. I mean, I think we have seen where it's going to land, which is pretty much like it's a couple hundred thousand higher than where they were on USA. I think being on Fox helps, but then being on Friday hurts. And also, the oh biggest problem is they're I mean, not. It hurts me. The biggest problem is they're not making new fans, so that's a whole other issue. Um. I never – it's just like it never seems to work out. I got a, a very interesting email here though mm-hmm. looking at the financial side of things from, yes. from Eric. Mail. Um, AW is ECW crossed with WCW is his subject. But then he says – and that is something new and interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, take a look at WWE stock. Was it a high of $100 in March? Now at $54. Forget about the ratings. This is what matters. I'm a buyer as they will never go away and are actually a really great investment opportunity since their business is cyclical and has lots of swings based on WrestleMania. They will always have ebbs and flows, but will never go out of business. You just have to play it right. Call the Dipper Fiend now. Um, that's Eric in Fandango's Maine. But interesting that their stock is that far down. Yeah, I mean, from its heights earlier this year. Whenever anyone talks about their stock price, I still kick myself that there was a time when I almost bought their stock when is it like nine dollars back in 2010? (laughs) But I just didn't, I didn't uh, jump back then. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I think if you look at their financials, the really big takeaway is um, every single metric that is tied to popularity and fan participation. Talking merchandise sales, we're talking. Ticket, uh, a live event attendance, talking network uh, subscriptions, all down. They're turning down ratings, all training down. They're not making new fans. They're not getting more popular. So, so much of their business is they're not really in the uh, direct to consumer business anymore. They are now a content provider for the Saudi Arabian government, for these large television networks. Uh, they're not really in the business of selling a product to their consumers. They're in the business of selling their viewers to other major companies. So wow. that's the thing you wow. got to realize. Wow. wow, you are dropping. That's good stuff. <laughs> when you watch WWE, you are not you are not the customer. You are the product. Just remember that. Your, your eyeballs and your time is what's being sold to the Saudi Arabian government and to uh, major media outlets. Yeah, that's the that's the business model. And that is truly it, the essence of that is why they're not growing at this moment. Um, Alex writes us mail CM Punk is back. Well, the subject was another missed opportunity. CM Punk Did you is, send this one in. <laughs> this is from me. CM Punk is back and debuts on a show that only the hardest without a life marks would watch. Mm-hmm. Maybe bring him back on Smackdown to promote a show that is like 10th priority for wrestling fans right now. Do another NXT invasion angle at the end of SmackDown and his Triple H is stealing the talent shine. Boom. Undisputed Era attacks him. Faces try to stop it, but the heels throw them out of the ring. Pat McAfee stays at the commentary table where he belongs. Adam Cole grabs the mic. We don't take orders from you anymore, Hunter, but we did get advice from an old friend. 
Cult of personality hits. CM Punk doesn't even have time to come to the ring. He can just stand on the stage with Triple H fuming as SmackDown goes off the air. Uh, WWE Twitter posted a video where Punk says, I've got a lot to get off my chest, and I'm going to say it all to Renee on Tuesday. Now, you get that show which is doomed to fail despite how good Renee and Paige are for some reason needed ratings. And if you're worried fans will think CM Punk will be returning to the ring because of this, well, he will. If you're worried about Marks chanting for Punk and ruining the show, well, they will anyways. Another missed opportunity by WWE and or Fox and or Punk. Take it easy, man. Stay mage. And it's still real to me, damn it. Alpod. Great email. I mean, I, obviously, that's exactly what I said, but uh, frankly, said better than I did. Um, now, let me ask, what if they had done something in the middle where let's say there was a segment on SmackDown or Raw that was specifically meant to just promote backstage? That's all it seems like it's supposed to be. Renee's out there. She's with Booker. Hey, guys, this new great show's coming on uh, next week. And then they announce. And this guy is going to be part of it, too. And then Punk comes out. So you get the announcement and the pop in an arena. He's not necessarily coming back to wrestle. Maybe he just comes out and waves and he's like, I've got a lot on my mind. Tune in tomorrow night. Would you have felt better about that if still he's not returning in an in-ring capacity? We're not teasing a storyline, but at least the return and that pop happens in front of an audience. I, it would have made me feel better, yes. Okay. I still think in the long run I would have thought it was the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. Bringing him back, someone of his level, to be back essentially to help uh, what is essentially like a side piece. Right. I mean, what role – <clears throat> What's let's start here. Yeah. What's the ceiling for backstage? What's the best, biggest version of backstage? If it, uh, if it's as absolutely as successful as Fox dreams it could be, mm -hmm. what's that ceiling? I mean, it did really well that one week where it was immediately after SmackDown when it was on no, no, no. FS1. <clears throat> I mean, in, that is incorrect. I think it did really. No, no, it did really well the one week it came up came on after playoff baseball. Well, both weeks it did better than it did now. I think if they can get to this thing where it's consistently doing two hundred fifty. I think that would be a out of the park success for them. So an out of the park success mm -hmm. would be something that does an eighth as well as SmackDown. Yes, but if I had to guess, probably costs way less than an eighth of SmackDown. You know, that's a good question. Whether it costs. So a, I think they're still getting their money's worth. I don't know whether it costs an eighth of SmackDown. Considering every episode of SmackDown, based on what they're paying for, costs five million dollars. I don't think they're spending more an than an eighth of a million of I don't think they're million. spending two hundred fifty thousand dollars per episode. Exactly. No, no, neither do I. Um when you look at it like that, that's true. This is what people come for is the, the budget breakdowns of of T V shows. <laughs> that's that's what we do here. We are a budget we are a budgetary show. Um John Harris writes us mail. What's up, Paul Rosenberg and Uptown Malcolm? One quick question. How long can the Young Bucks continue to be called the Young Bucks with those hairlines? I enjoy their work, but they don't look cool. They don't look like a cool young tag team anymore, but more like an 80s stepdad. Love the podcast and would love to see another wrestling trivia episode of the future. John in Tennessee. I couldn't agree with you more. Never been a fan of the look. The look is just, we've, we've all, we've already been ripping the look on the show every week. Yeah. From the hair to the gym work or lack thereof mm -hmm. to the, to the tights. Yeah. I mean, but I've been, I've been ripping the Bucks fan. look for a decade. Like the now, sideburns. Have, have you gotten, have they gotten mad at you before on Twitter? Uh, one of them has blocked me. <laughs> you know what's, I mean, all the way back to the generation me days. I think these guys have always looked this is a good awful. Up, this is a good update. This is a good update. Yeah. Out of time. How many wrestlers have blocked you? Uh, let's see. A few. I mean, actually wrestlers, not 
a huge amount. I mean, one of the Young Bucks, okay. uh, JBL. JBL blocked you? JBL blocked me. It was during that whole Morrow thing uh, when so he was blocking it. everyone left and right. Um, but the one I'm proudest of is Hogan blocked me the night of the 2016 election. The night of the election? Yes, because he came out and he's like, listen, listen, brothers, it doesn't matter what you what, what you think. What you're going to do <laughs> when Hulkamania runs wild on you? So he tweets out, listen, listen, brothers, you might not have voted the guy, but he's our president. We all got to come around him. So then I sent him a screenshot of a tweet he had where he just absolutely trashed Obama and he blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was worried you were going to get political, but that's really not political. You were just being fair. I was being fair, fair and balanced, like his you, favorite television network. <laughs> you were just saying you want everyone to respect the president because they're president, but you didn't respect the president. You didn't do it. So come on. Yo, Hogan is quick to block, huh? Yes. I'm going to prove, brother, that I can beat you anywhere, anytime. Unless you say something I don't like on Twitter, brother, in which case I'm going to block you. I mean, Hulk Hogan is not scared of anyone. Hulk Hogan, okay, yeah. slammed Andre the Giant, who at the time was seven foot seven, 780 pounds. Mm-hmm. He slammed a 900-pound giant yes. with his bare lifted hands. Lifted him over his head, he as he lifted claims. A, he lifted an 800 or to some people say an, a, a half a ton. Mm-hmm. He gorilla press slammed a, a metric ton in the middle of the ring. Yet, if you tweet something he doesn't like, right. terrified. Can you imagine? He stepped inside that rough, rugged, awful, hard blue metal cage mm-hmm. with King Kong Bundy at WrestleMania two. Yeah, terrifying by all standards. Yet, when it comes to Twitter. If you have too aggressive an opinion, brother, I'm running scared. It doesn't make any sense. But that brings up the whole question. When you're on Twitter, are you talking to Terry Bollea or are you talking to Hulk Hogan? Because you know about the whole – during the Gawker lawsuit. Right. When he argued that Terry Bollea and Hulk Hogan have different penis sizes. And that's why the sex tape was not newsworthy to publish because that was Terry Bollea, not Hulk Hogan. Well, listen here, brother. <laughs> Wait, does he talk about, does Hulk Hogan talk about his penis size the way he talks about Andre the Giant? It grows several inches and hundreds of pounds? He says he has to lift it over his head. I lifted that, <laughs> I lifted that huge phallic object right above my head, brother. Um, anyways, oh, while we're talking about Hulk Hogan's genitals, mm-hmm. um, this is important. I am in the midst of a conversation right now with a company, a clothing company about doing a run of cheap heat merch mm-hmm. because a it's been a long time that we have not done any shoot arrow merch does not mm-hmm. exist there's no such thing as a welcome to the shoot arrow baby we have no shoot arrow merch so i'm talking to a company about doing a limited run so i would like to put out there that i'm looking for um shoot arrow ideas shoot arrow or arrow depending on your preference ideas mm-hmm. Um, a new cheap heat logo idea or just general, you know, looks that you would like to see on merch. Um, and this time, unlike other times where I was doing everything out of, you know, just completely out of my pocket and throwing shirts together, if I end up using stuff that you suggest in this case, I will actually get you paid for a logo. I'm not, mm-hmm. not saying it's going to be thousands of dollars, but you will get compensated if this ends up being stuff we use. But I'm trying to resource here people in the Chief Heat universe because I know we have a lot of creative people who listen. RosenbergBeats at gmail.com. If you have any looks, um, logos, just different things that we could do for a, a run, I want to do – I'm going to do a limited run here of like a new T-shirt, maybe a sweatshirt for the first time, which we've never done. Never hoodie, or maybe a jacket mm-hmm. of some like – a varsity jacket. People want to show their support year-round. You know what? You need all the different options. Maybe a windbreaker. That, that, a that, Zubaz pant. 
That Christmas uh, house show at MSG, what are you going to wear to that one? Not so a t-shirt. That's a great point. You need a jacket. Mm-hmm. And I'm the only one who has a cheap heat jacket because I have the, the very limited patches. But anyway, so anyone who has ideas, rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Um, I'd love to see them. Now, in all seriousness, did you spend any time with – You didn't. do you watch SmackDown? Uh, what even happened on this? Oh, this – no, no, no. I didn't see it. This was the one that was pre-taped. Uh from Manchester, just as just as uh, as Raw was as Raw was. No, I did see that horrendous Baron Corbin promo though. Saw that. I did. I heard about the Baron the, Corbin. The Photoshop promo. talking about the small marble sized testicles. All the Vince McMahon knocking them out of the parks. Which, by the way, that's also one of um, Jr.'s favorite things to talk about is mm-hmm. the the size of writers' private parts. Right. Zack Ryder? No, no, Ryder. Writers, not oh, writers. Oh, writers. Okay. By the way, I, I, I started Arn this week, Conrad's mm-hmm. newest podcast. Okay. Vehicle. I'd like to thank Conrad, not only for creating so much content that I consume and car rides and mm-hmm. plane rides across this country, but also for having so many opportunities now to hear my favorite 80s and 90s wrestling personalities talk about erectile dysfunction. <laughs> I, I never thought there'd be a time when I got to hear good old JR talking about how he uh, enjoyed Blue Chew. <laughs> I really I, – I, I, I don't know what I would have done without that. This is Arn Anderson for hymns.com. <laughs> I just uh, – and by the way, considering – by the way, I, I know you can't put over something and diss it at the same time. Yeah. Let me be clear. I consume many yeah. – I consume Bruce Pritchard, though I have it in like a month or two, but generally mm-hmm. – I mean – Tons of episodes of, of Bruce. JR recently I've been doing a, a lot of. Mm-hmm. And I started Arn this week. So I am an out-and-out supporter of yeah. the Conrad vehicle. For me, it usually depends on who the guest is. But, but at yeah. this point, he just needs to combine and just sell shirts that just say Blue Chew. And that's it. <laughs> because between – It's going to come out that Conrad the, is actually – He owns uh, Blue Chew. He owns Blue Chew. <laughs> he owns the mattress company. He owns Blue Chew. I mean – the amount of hawking, God bless yeah. them, because they're so popular that right. they have tons of ads. Well, it's not just Blue Chew, but it's like anytime I watch any wrestling show and I'm like, hey, this is like a young, cool, hip thing, right? And then every single one of them has some sort of boner pill medication. If it's it not d- that, it's like, you know, low T promotions on every wrestling show on television. It doesn't always make it seem like the product that you're consuming is as cool as you right. hoped that it was. It's like, bring back the Stacker 2 ads. I, I missed the Stacker 2 ads. Well, that was a burger? No, that was a burger. Come on, Stacker 2 was this, like, uh, one of the first energy drinks that, like, they partnered with WWE. You remember in WWE, what era? like, 90s? This Attitude Era. Like, so everything they were doing was, like, brought to you by Sketchers or, like, Stacker 2. Yeah. Those were their two big guys. Uh, so this is when they were also doing, like, the Lugs commercials? The Lugs commercials. I remember uh, uh, for a while, like, Perry Saturn came out with a Lugs t shirt on. I mean, the Lugs deal that was happening. At that time, there was mm-hmm. a lot of money involved. Um, okay, so real quick, SmackDown results. Yes. I know they did uh, – Oh, wait. They did a Baron thing. New Day won the titles. New Day won the tag titles, yes. Firm, d- firmly telling you that Kofi Kingston is no longer a singles main eventer. <laughs> I, I haven't heard one word about the New Day winning the tag titles. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Is that bad? I think so. SmackDown's the They're A-show. doing a rematch on – uh, SmackDown's the A-show. I didn't even know what happened. Yeah. Because as I've said many times, and I'll say it again – I think because you made it happened. me not care about SmackDown. Yeah, I tried to watch some of Raw, but there was an amazing Monday Night Football game. So you're not as deep into Raw, which is why I got the worst numbers in Raw history, except right. for a Holiday. Well, but the crazy thing about those numbers is the fact that they started at the same level that they were at the the the, the week before. And yes, it was a more exciting football game that went overtime and all of this stuff. So right. that could 
you know, explain why people tuned, tuned out. But even when the game was over, people weren't like tuning back to Raw. No, it never ended. They started watching. No, no, but the game, the game went past Raw. Oh, it went past, uh, past Raw? The game went, the game went to like midnight. Okay. Um, but, but I think you, also the fact there was a three day tape show didn't help either. No, no, that, that part definitely, um, doesn't help. Um, so Tyson Fury made his return. Yes, they're going to be doing a tag match, or they did it there. They did a, some tag match with him and Braun. Strowman makes his way out to Fury. He wants to form a tag team, and then they get confronted by the B team. Yes, and then no build. I think they just do the match right away. <laughs> or did they not do the match right away? They're going to do it somewhere down. The- I don't know. No, they 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 did not have a match. There was a brawl. So I guess maybe they're teasing these two are going to team together at Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. Who knows? Wow. Who cares? You already you, you already squashed your own guy. They really think people are excited about Tyson Fury, huh? I mean, and I, know, I like Tyson Fury. I'm not a sports guy. I had never heard of this guy before. Yeah, no, you, we had that conversation, yeah. and, and I totally understand. I'm someone. I'm one of the few people who's actively still into at least big boxing cards. Right. So for, it means something to me. Yet mm-hmm. still, I don't particularly care. Mm-hmm. And then for people like you, it just means right nothing. Now, I do think there are athletes that could come in and it would mean something. But uh, one thing that doesn't get talked about a, a, a lot is over the last two decades. Sports contracts have changed significantly, where these guys can't do things like wrestling in the off season. Yeah, no, it's gotten a lot. Even more if LeBron wanted to come in and like do a match at SummerSlam, he can't. I got to tell you, that one would be a big deal. That would be a big deal. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not holding my breath. Um, but what you had with Rodman and Malone, you're never gonna have that again. Did you say Maloney? Yes, Mister Dan Maloney. Carl Maloney. Car- Carl Maloney. His, Cheek. It's his... Carl Maloney. Mr. Dan Maloney. Um, Dan the Mailman Maloney. Are, so we know who the SmackDown team is for Survivor Series. Yes, which I guess – let's just talk about this. Well, we should. We are in Russo territory with this match. You, you A really – A three-way Survivor Series match that has to feature at least – 10 to 14 eliminations. Did anyone sit down and think about what is this match going to look like? Can you even see the ring with 15 guys on the apron? Are there three people in the ring at once? Well, Are people did, tagging in and out? They did 20 guys on the apron back in the day when they used to do the tag team Survivor Series match. And but, when you go back and watch it, which Dipperstein and I are want to do. It's a little difficult. It looks insane. It looks You're insane. like there are 20 people. But that's it's also a battle royal on the outside. One side versus one side. And with the number of guys that are going to be in this match, the number of guys they're going to need, they're going to try to protect. We're going to get so many different brawl to the backs. We're going to get double DQs. We're going to get like five guys get disqualified because they punched the other dude in the corner too long. Now, no one sat down and thought through, and they're doing two of these things. Do me a favor, just ask real quick. Yeah, what is it going to just say? What is this match actually going to look like? What is this match actually going to look like? Excellent, excellent question. Thank you, Sheik. We have to think about that. Thank you for coming into the studio today, Sheik. Yeah, no, thank you, and and for thinking logically. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do we know the other teams? Or are we just the only one that's been announced has been? Smackdown? I think we'd have all the SmackDown. I don't think they've said anyone who's on the NXT one. I mean, this again. I think this. I guess for me, like I, as soon as people started saying, "Oh, they're going to do a lot of three ways," well, that doesn't make sense. I can do a lot of three. You can't do a three way Survivor Series match. What they'll probably do is have a lot of inter brand matches, but make sure that every brand is in the same number of matches. So if you're taking score, there can be a winner at the end of all this. That's not what they did. They're doing two three way Survivor Series matches. So here's what we have. Three-way matches with all the champions. So you're going to be making at least one of your champions look like nothing. So here's what we have. They're having... What the hell? Yeah. 
Lesnar and Rey Mysterio. Not interpromotional. They have the They're Raw. They're probably doing Fiend, Daniel Bryan. Again. They have Becky versus Bailey versus Shayna. Is that true? Yeah. That's confirmed? Mm-hmm. Okay. They have the Viking Raiders versus the New Day versus Fish and, o- and O'Reilly. Yep. That's happening. Mm-hmm. They have Team Raw versus Team SmackDown um, versus Team NXT women. Yep. And male. Doing both. Yeah. Then they have Team Raw, which is Seth, Kevin Owens, Ricochet, Randy, and Drew versus Team SmackDown, mm-hmm. which they ended up announcing on backstage. I know Shorty G was in there. Oof. That's a Mustafa Ali. Who got his last name back? Or got his first name back? When did he get his first name back? Uh, a couple days ago. Wow, congratulations. It's on his Twitter. It's on the website. Good for him. Uh, Roman Reigns, King Corbin, Braun Strowman, Mustafa Ali, and Shorty G. Ooh. Combust- combustible elements. So let me get this straight. For years, all I've been wanting them to do is have traditional Survivor Series matches. Mm-hmm. This is the year when they finally buy into traditional Survivor Series matches, but they have to have it be three Survivor yeah. Series team matches. It's, I guess for me, the thing that would have made so much more sense is like after that first invasion, just say that Raw and SmackDown have to come together to, to face NXT. Have it be main roster versus NXT. That is a rivalry that people care a lot more about than Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. And then you do a thing where It NXT, just doesn't make sense. There's no rivalry between the three of them. Exactly. And then you, you could very easily do a thing where Raw and SmackDown kind of fall apart because they're not on the same page. And NXT can go over very easily in a lot of in, in the two Survivor Series matches you do. Uh, let's hear from Jordan who writes us. Mail. Hey man, love the show. Been a peckerhead for almost four years now. Just a thought. Excuse me. I know we like to nitpick everything these days, especially The Fiend, his matches, etc. But my son who's four years old and a wrestling fan like me cannot get enough of The Fiend. I have to put on his matches three to five times a day sometimes. I think sometimes we just get caught up criticizing everything that we forget. We were all kids once and just love being entertained by these characters. Thanks. Keep up the good work. There's no doubt that's true, yeah. especially with characters like The Fiend, who like I find scary for a second and then mm-hmm. I get kind of bored. I'm like, all right, what's next? Yeah. No, if you're a kid, if you're a little kid, you're popping mm-hmm. every time you see The Fiend. It doesn't require much. Well, and you And you bring up a good point, which as I've been the – the the brand is to hate WWE for me. Uh, I want WWE. To be, I want it to be good. I want to be entertained by the show. I don't tune in. But like, you do enjoy hating it. Yeah, but sometimes when it's good, I'm like, damn that that the fiend is great. And then you know they beat him. <laughs> you know, it's like I I and I think that when you're a kid, and this is the thing I kind of miss. I remember when I was watching WCW, even in those awful days when it didn't make any sense. I don't know if you were this way as a kid. When it didn't make sense, I go, oh, it probably would make sense to an adult. And that wasn't the case. <laughs> and it turns out. But you just create stories in your head to make it make sense in your head. Right. Turns out we got that wrong. Now, this is this is very nice what we got here. Mm-hmm. This message from Francis who writes us. Mail. Oh, no. I have to go. We're about to start our show. Oh, I have no more time for mail, guys. Mm. I see Michael K. and Don LaGreca getting ready. Michael's putting his makeup on. Yes, he brings it in his own pocket. Oh, wow. Um, Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Brian, you did a great job. Thank you. Instead, in the, in the stead of I appreciate it. the physically gone, we'll have you again on the show. Can I, can I drop 
the the one line hot take I wanted to say. Oh my god, I'm sorry we didn't get to it. Go. Uh, Brock Lesnar right now is more destructive than Hulk Hogan in the late nineties. So how about next week? You call and we discuss. Sure. Brock Lesnar right now more destructive than Hulk Hogan in the late nineties. Correct. Think about it. Discuss. Mm-hmm. Rosemarbeats at gmail dot com. Send me those ideas you have. We'll catch everyone next week right here on Cheap Heat. Ah. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left. The major thing. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce... Shout out to that guy, Greg. Red Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. m m m Mitch.